Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. This is from vice.com from August 20th. Cops raided and shut down the only magic mushroom church in the United States. Well, the only one they know about. Well, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's an important distinction. That's a good point. Uh, I'm sure there are others. This one, near as I can tell, was actually following the letter of the law. Hmm. Near as I can tell. And and I say that because this is out of Oakland, California, where they actually decriminalized the, the mushrooms. But yet, uh, cops still raided and shut them down. Uh, the teaser headline is, Oakland Police marched into the Zide door. I'm, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing that. Z-I-D-E. Zide, like Zide door. Zide door church of entheogenic plants. It's awesome. They seized its stash and called in firefighters to bust open the safes, according to photos and videos posted to Instagram. And of course, oh wow, is that a thing? Firefighters, firefighters do that? Yeah, I mean, I have to write a song called, you know, f the firefighters, f the firefighters, because they do show a picture of a couple of firefighters. It looks like one of them is operating either. Uh, I believe that's some sort of a metal grinder to cut through oh, the metal wow. of the safe. Initially, this was a cannabis church. Zydor added mushrooms to its offerings late mm. last summer after the Oakland City Council approved a resolution declaring that arresting adults uh, involved with certain psychedelic plants was among the lowest priority so for local th- law enforcement. They thought the coast was clear. And sadly, it wasn't. And that's that's tragic. The council, however, did not remove any state drug laws no. from the book. So it was a county law, apparently? Uh, city, Oakland I City, right. Oakland City Council, right. It said yeah. so. So they can't override the state law, but they can, they can tell their officers, hey, don't investigate this. So I'm guessing this was state police. I don't know if you read that. Was it state police? Uh, uh, well, it, the, the article berated? continues, but it told law enforcement to turn the other cheek to possession and use. Right. Cultivation and sales are another story. The council promised to get to that next. Mm. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, year. in the meantime, police paid several visits to the church. They made undercover buys, quote unquote, in plain clothes and later returned in uniform with vows to shut the operation down. The last time was on April 21st when Officer John Romero gave Hodges clear instructions to close or risk the consequences. Sounds like a threat to me. Well, okay, so this is really interesting. Threatening me? Yeah, this is really interesting that the police actually tipped their hand. They didn't just go in completely unannounced and raid this place. They came and threatened them first. The church had shut down its uh, cannabis smoking lounge, but continued to sell, uh, according to this article, continued to exchange mushrooms for cash. They don't use the word sell specifically. Mm-hmm. It won't uh, help. But the cops showed up. They marched in. They seized the church's stash. They called in firefighters to bust open the church's safes. According to photos and videos of the raid, Hodges posted to his Instagram page. In one video, a firefighter appears to lose control of a tool that jerks out of his hands while he's cutting into a safe and flies into the face of another. What? As unmasked cops watch. Nissy, normally I hate to see firefighters get hurt, but this one had it coming. Wow. Instant karma. 
Uh, yeah, True. I mean, yeah. Uh, PPE, safety first, guys. You know, <laughs> get your uh, safety goggles on if you're trying safety to. Safety first. Don't don't mess with your karma by you know robbing a church. Right. Uh, I guess there's nothing else going on in Oakland," said Hodges. Hodges is the mm-hmm. um, we'll call him the proprietor or the uh, church, um, I don't know, the head of the church. Uh, who was also the church's minister. Uh, I'm not 100% sure what the trigger for this was, but whatever it was, it's pretty clear this was an intimidation technique. Strictly speaking, a mushroom club absolutely violates state law. This is the article speaking. Mm -hmm. But even before city council's resolution regarding mushrooms, drug sales in Oakland were generally tolerated. So they're going against their own... mm, Well, that's an interesting claim. Yeah, uh, I don't know if I believe that. I don't know if I believe that prior to the mushroom uh, decriminalization that the police were not investigating drug dealers. I, Sorry, I don't buy that. This next sentence makes me question a lot of things. The city hosts, speaking of Oakland, the city hosts several underground seshes, which are pop-up open-air drug markets, where just about anything is available until someone makes a fuss. Well, okay. So the city of Oakland, they don't hosts? mean the city. They, they, I don't think that. I don't think that they mean the city government. There, it's it, it is confusing, Captain, because when the term "the city" is used, it is used interchangeably uh, by the media to mean the city government, the, as in the gang, and it is also used to mean. Anything happening within a uh, physical geographic area known as Oakland. So I'm going to presume it's the latter meaning. With technology being vastly improved within the past, we'll say, 50 years, Mm -hmm. which is a very short time span in the history of America, how do you all foresee changes in our government as a result of more ability on the population of the United States to connect uh, online and otherwise with the leaders. You think it'll have a negative consequence uh, and, and develop more control, or do you think that it'll hold the powers to be, if you will, a little more accountable as the skeletons come out of the closet? I will reserve my answer until you guys answer if you want to take a stab. The question uh, was, again, what exactly? How do you think technology will affect government, essentially? Is that right, Daniel? Yes, sir. Well, I mean, we've had technology and government for quite a while. I mean, we at least the last 20 years, certainly the last decade or so, I mean, the Obama administration kind of made getting feedback from people a, a supposed priority. If you recall, in 2012, they had the... Um, the little submission thing on White House on whatever the web- website mm-hmm. is, where you could submit a petition. White House. And then, or whatever, yeah. Uh, and then uh, people could uh, could sign the petition, and then if it got over a hundred thousand signatures, then Obama would actually address the thing. And so that was where the whole Texas secession guys they got theirs to a hundred thousand, and Obama basically cited the the Civil War. As long as innovation occurs, the innovation is going to outpace anything the government can come up with. There's a there's a great uh, meme that I have saved somewhere, and it's a picture of the Starship Enterprise with a rope tied to, you know, the old uh, uh, the old wagon, the covered wagon from the old West days, and the covered wagon is labeled government. Government is incapable of inventing quickly. 
all they can do is take current in- inventions and try to use them for, well, evil, because that's what governments do. So I think uh, I'm in agreement with nobody that things like Bitcoin and the blockchain are going to spawn new technologies that allow people to become more free individually, that favor the individual, that do not favor the entities that we call government, that is, organizations that rule by only force and violence and claim monopolies on things. Uh, I believe that technology, humans, will out-invent government in the next I don't know, 20 years or so. Great. That's, yeah, that's kind of what I was looking for there. And I really appreciate it. The reason I ask is I make uh, biogas from food waste and was able to generate electricity now. Yeah. And I know it's, it's not a, a complete solution, but for me, I'm thinking, you know, our system is a system supposedly of supply and demand. And maybe we're getting to a point where people just won't really uh, want the supply so much. Hodges, who was, uh, I believe, the proprietor, disputes the complaints about smoke and insists that if the block was violent, it was that way well before the church opened. Yep. (laughs) It's Oakland. None of the shootings had anything to do with us, he said. Right. How many people have uh, you ever been around and or you been, uh, if you've been on mushrooms, how many times have you felt homicidal? (laughs) Uh, Zero. How many people who've been on mushrooms have been anything but entirely peaceful? Now, that's not to say there haven't been some crazy people on mushrooms and they've done some stupid things. But generally, people tend to mellow out. They tend to, you know, sit back. They tend to take it easy. I cannot think of a single time when I've been around somebody who's been on mushrooms who's had anything but a bad trip. And usually that just keeps them locked to where they are in some cases. Although they could run wild and, you know, maybe get naked and, you know, run down the street or something like that. Streaker! You know, I mean... A guy running down the street naked is probably not going to actually hurt anybody. It's still a peaceful activity. Yeah. I don't know. Nobody, what do you think? Have you ever known a crazed mushroom violent (laughs) nut job? Have you ever run down the street naked on mushrooms? Uh, two different I'd, questions. I'd have to say no on <laughs> both things. Hey, Daily Digestion listeners, this is Riley Blake. I enjoy Free Talk Live, and I know you do too, but finding time to listen to an entire episode isn't always easy. So, I produce the Daily Digest. I appreciate those of you who have supported me on Patreon and sent Bitcoin to me to thank me for producing these digests. For those who wish to support me on Patreon, visit patreon.com slash crblake Eight six. If you wish to send Bitcoin, visit patreon.com slash crblake86 for those details. That's patreon.com slash crblake86. Thank you. As a functional mushroom club, Zydor was following the model established by the many underground weed clubs that proliferated in Oakland in the 2000s and early 2010s. The organization served as a reliable avenue for access, a problem that follows any decriminalization. But Hodges, 38, I don't know why they wanted to publish his age, insists That's the thing they do. his organization isn't a mushroom dispensary, but rather it's a church. The setup as a religious entity is an attempt at the religious defense argument mm-hmm. that's been used with mixed success. To They're going to give him a chance now, which is, you know, I hope that he doesn't take a guilty plea on this. Right. Absolutely. Take it to court and, you know, defend yourself as a church. That may be one of the reasons why they were so... 
cautious with this raid where they went in. They gave him so many strikes and they, like, and they revealed themselves yeah. and all that. Yeah, they tried to intimidate him into stopping and they didn't. That may be because they actually don't want to go to trial on this. And it may well be that he didn't stop because he intended to go to trial. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. definitely a possibility. He, he was like, no, F you, I'm... I'm just I'm within my rights. Yeah, this is the church. Hopefully, he already saw or he already had the attorney uh, on retainer. The the idea here is, is that freedom of religion should pertain to any religion. When you're doing a phone poll, and not to say that I'm an expert at these things, but I just thought, well, if I'm going to participate in a poll, I want it to be short. So I conducted a poll that was only three questions long. And sure enough, even after the first question, you already it shows you how many people responded to the first question how many people responded to the second and the third and so on so the the more questions you ask the lower the response rate right so the second and third questions don't have as many responses uh as the first question so the first question that i asked was the most important one which is and i'll get you the exact verbiage because i wanted to make sure this was a, a fair poll that it wasn't a clearly nobody promotional kind of message right so the poll opens with uh and i was the one who voiced a a scientific poll at least i think so um it was uh the 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 numbers that we dialed we called fifty thousand numbers twenty five thousand of them are registered republicans and twenty five thousand of them are what they call in new hampshire undeclared okay so these are the people who are not registered as either a republican or democrat so twenty five thousand of each And uh, so the actual question, you've been selected to take a quick three-question poll sponsored by Freekeen.com about the election for New Hampshire governor. Please listen to all the options before selecting your response. In the Republican primary for New Hampshire governor, there are three candidates. Which would you want to have as your governor? Press 1 for Karen Testerman. Press 2 for Chris Sununu. Or press 3 for nobody. How many of the people that are answering this poll had ever even heard of your campaign? And according to the results, the undeclared... Uh, voters, the supermajority of them had not heard of you, so about 318 out of 441. Uh, and uh, Karen also had a similar response. So, you got to get out on the streets and shake some hands, kiss some babies. Harder to do now yeah, than ever. Probably, probably, probably don't kiss the babies. I think you get shot kissing babies with the Rona round or yes. at least the Rona fear. Yeah. Uh, so it didn't do as well with the Republicans. So again, there was two lists. There was 25,000 names who were undeclared and 25,000 Republicans. Of the tw- uh, 25,000 Republican calls that uh, we made, only s- well 694. So there's actually a greater number of them participated in the survey. It was 525, so 694 participated. Chris Sununu dominated that poll with 596 out of the 694. As tyrants will. And nobody got uh, 58 out of that. So that's about 8.3, 8.4% choosing nobody. These are registered Republicans. But interestingly, and this is the most interesting part about the Republican version of this poll, is you beat Karen. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And I saw your eyes. His his eyes went, whoa, I got real big when I said that. Because And that's the reason that's a surprise, is because Karen has a campaign. The psilocybin initiative will appear on the ballot with a separate measure that would decriminalize all drug use, including psilocybin, and boost funding for treatment programs. Uh, Tom Eckert said in a 2019 interview with OPB, that's the Oregon, Oregon Press Bureau, I believe. Public broadcaster. Public broadcast, yeah, perhaps. They decided not to move forward, not to move toward full legalization of psilocybin. It doesn't yep. parallel cannabis, he said. There will be no dispensaries. Nobody is buying this and taking it home with them. 
sadly. Um, they appear to be doing only therapy-style legalization, where according to... I didn't realize nobody traveled to Oregon that regularly. Nobody would do a lot for some mushrooms. It's true. It says nobody is buying them and taking taking it home with them. <laughs> the ballot measure does not place restrictions on the use of the drug. Sorry, does place restrictions on the use of the drug. It would set up licensing requirements for psilocybin therapy providers and psilocybin farmers. It also restrict u- restricts use to licensed therapy centers. So you have to be in a therapist's office in order to use psilocybin legally if this bill... If this, uh, or- bill whatever the ballot right right and just uh, remember everybody in listener land that if you take your friendly neighborhood space therapist becomes the rapist i think instead of passing new legislation they should just go ahead and remove the existing legislation and let people just deal in it freely and you know conduct themselves how they want with no oversight and no taxation unfortunately captain we're going to need people to uh run for office with that particular platform in order for that to happen and sadly despite all the supposedly liberty friendly reps that we have here there's been very little in the way of principled proposals like that. So a lot of these guys uh, get real political when they start running for office. Mm-hmm. And you know, as much as I, I like them on a personal basis, they won't propose anything like what you're saying because it just it's too what the, the term they use is they don't have the quote political capital for it, which is the excuse that they use to say that they don't have enough, you know, influence or whatever that they they're, they're not to... owed enough favors yet. Well, yeah. If it, it's I mean basically if you if you ask for too much, then yes, voters will turn against you in so, in some cases. I don't know if I don't know if that's too much, but they seem to think it is. What happened was Epic Games said, "Yeah, we're tired of this 30% fee." And we're just going to go ahead and put our own payment processor in there and uh, and allow users to make that choice. I mean, I, I give them credit and recognize their cojones for doing it without permission. By the way, this particular game, Fortnite, incredibly popular. Uh, it has been downloaded over 250 million times on iOS alone. So not even including the Android downloads. 250 million downloads for this uh, this app. That is now gone from the App Store, Epic filed lawsuits against both Google and Apple that's not seeking money, but just a repeal of what Epic considers the company's monopolistic practices. And it comes at a time when both Europe and the U.S. are scrutinizing the power of Apple, Google, and other tech giants. Now, Fortnite is a free-to-play game, which means it's free to download, and Epic makes money from the in-game purchases, where players can buy what they call V-Bucks, which are in-game currency used to buy new outfits, weapons, and skins. It's a hugely profitable business model. Fortnite generated $4.2 billion over 2018 and 2019. Think about that. Dang. 4.2 billion dollars. That's more than any Hollywood blockbuster film made in either of those two years. You take your favorite Marvel, you know, yeah. universe movie or whatever. Or all of them. Well, uh, you might uh, probably it's going to be more than 4 billion if you'd put all of them yeah. together. Epic's going up against them in court. Basically, Epic wisely uh, got around the App Store charges. Apparently, I didn't know this, but Apple App Store and Google Play Store charge a 30% fee to any in-app purchases that are done through their App Store system. So, like, 
when you say I want to pay with Google Pay yeah. or with Apple Pay or whatever, they're, they're jacking thirty percent out of that. So when when you say earlier, you talked about the figure of more than four billion dollars. Uh, that's what Epic Games has brought in in two years since uh, on on the Fortnite game alone. Okay, so just billion. on the Fortnite game, uh, is was all of that income? You know, is thirty three percent of it now to 30% Google and Apple? Thirty percent of it, yeah. So, thirty percent. Okay, yeah, sorry, thirty percent. Over a billion dollars has gone to Apple and Google out of that for nothing. Well, for providing the uh, app store. Okay, but I mean, like, to allow to the service of the app store is to allow people to connect with your app. I mean, to right. some extent. It's not wrong for them to charge a fee, right? Okay. It's their platform. If they want to charge you a fee to put your product there, then they have the absolute right to do that. It just seems really steep. Well, it absolutely is steep, and that's why I say I was surprised that uh, there isn't even a difference between the two. And what they don't have a right to do is hold copyrights and patents. Mm. Uh, You don't have a right... To stop somebody else from doing something. I keep telling people that we're kind of in the, as far as cryptocurrency is concerned, we're kind of similar, in a similar trajectory with the technology as the internet was in, say, the AOL CD days. Oh, the AOL CD days. Yeah. yeah. They, they AOL put AOL would... CDs in everybody's mailbox yep. 10 times in a year or whatever. Yep. And I used, to, I used to hog them and trade them. For what? Other well, ones? Well, because people would run out, right? They'd give you like you know free, oh, they were free five something. hours or whatever, right? Right. And so if you just you know had enough of them, I lived in an apartment complex where they just sort of chucked them on the table, mm-hmm. right? And so you know people would move in and out. It was sort of a college area, you know, frequently, and these CDs would be just left there. So I'd grab them and I'd, I'd trade them with folks. Oh, you need more AOL minutes? Yeah, here I got some CDs for you. You know, we've been talking about the uh, this, the Epic lawsuit against Epic being the name of the company, uh, but it is a big lawsuit against Apple and Google. There's a related story, and I've got more to the story on that. But just since since you're talking about you know this whole Apple Google thing, mm-hmm. Coinbase also not a company that we care very much for. Uh, I think right. I can speak for the three of us when I when I say that Coinbase is like the big bank of Bitcoin exchanges, and they they're not great. But even they have words for Apple. Coinbase CEO Brian Armstrong tweeted August 22nd that <laughs> Apple. Wait, wait, his name is Armstrong. Brian Armstrong, <laughs> like Strong Armin. <laughs> yep. Mm. Uh, he's not a very big guy though, so he wouldn't be able to. Uh, probably wouldn't be able to beat. I you could take any. him. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I bet you if Apple and Google got together and said, hey, uh, if we reduce the fee to like, you know, 15 percent, would would that be cool? That could cause a a settlement in this case. The filing argues that the 30 percent fee that Apple charges is 10 times more than what other companies like PayPal or Stripe (laughs) charge, which is usually around 3 percent for a credit card fee. A 10x time. Oh, my God. Uh, Well, I mean, that's. That's what they think they can get away with, and they have been getting away with this entire time. Apple's full reply in which they said the App Store is an ecosystem that benefits developers and creates a level playing field. Uh, A level playing field where they can pick the winners and the losers. Epic Games, here's what Apple says. Here's their actual, uh, an excerpt from their response. Epic Games took the unfortunate step of violating the App Store guidelines that are applied equally to every developer and designed to keep the store safe for our users <laughs> oh yeah that's what they're concerned about really right they're safe they, they don't they don't help themselves when they just no. lie like this <laughs> they're they're safe by only being allowed to make one payment through the apple official payment method that keeps them you safe weren't, you weren't safe before playing your edition of Fortnite. they're safe from other options 
As a result, their Fortnite app has been removed from the store. Epic enabled a feature in its app which was not reviewed or approved by Apple. I love these conversations, especially when you kind of go into the, the whole legal aspect about copyright, intellectual property, pa- patents, trademark, things like that. Mm-hmm. I'm a real big, I'm a big watcher on these kind of subjects. I have been for, for many years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I... I uh, started started using the internet back in the 90s and you know my first computer was back in the early 80s so I've I've nice. seen all of this yeah so uh one little known fact that I just wanted to bring up you were mentioning like how come phones have these app stores versus PCs where you don't well I mean uh if you kind of look at the history of it you know, originally, you know, things were free because no one cared about the software. We're talking going all the way back to the 60s and 70s when these first Unix computer systems were even invented. And uh, as soon as people wanted jobs in the early 80s, they started, you know, going to these big, you know, uh, corporate uh, uh, companies and getting into proprietary software. And so, mm-hmm. of course, what what was the response to that? The Free Software Foundation created the the GNU uh, general purpose license, which was meant to counteract all of this proprietary software to provide free software or what later on, much to the chagrin of people like Richard Stallman turned into the quote unquote open source so just, software movement. I know that there are, you know, these roll your own versions of Android available for anyone who's willing to go through the process of uh, basically doing a little bit of hackery on their phone. They can go through and do what they call a root uh, process on their phone, which then gives them the ability, once they do things like unlock their bootloader, and you know, not to get too technical, it allows them to install these special forms of software. This is not within the average user's uh, ability in most cases, although there are some fairly simple sets of instructions for some phones that one can follow. So it's relatively step-by-step in most cases, but it's still scary to do it because you could brick the phone. Now, when when a hacker gets root on your box, he'll say he's owned you. Because basically, he owns that machine once he has root on it. Since you don't have root on your phone, chances are you don't own it. Okay, well, let's give Ratsbeat a chance to tell us. Uh, Yeah, you guys are exactly on the money, Ian. That's exactly what it is. Um, The reason why you don't see a lot of these alternative open source or free software Alternatives is because uh, it's not marketed because there's real no money, <laughs> no money no to money. be made off of it, and right. and you have you have to essentially either buy a phone that has been that that has no parent or has no you know it's it's unlocked for you, which is becoming a little bit more common as smartphones are mm-hmm. so superfluous. Most of the phones uh, on but, Amazon are unlocked. Now hold on, wait a minute. Exactly. When you say unlocked. Um, I think in a lot of cases, the unlocked means that they can operate on any phone network. The real nasty part of this is Epic is saying that Apple's now threatening to ban Unreal Engine. Now, what is Unreal Engine? So, Unreal Engine, there's a game that Epic came out with, a first-person shooter game called Unreal, years years ago, probably more than a decade ago, and... Unreal runs on the Unreal Engine. An engine is a term for video games. That's the core code that runs the the guts of the game. Well, a okay. lot of, a lot of these game companies aren't actually like original engine game designers. They're just they just change the sort of the graphics. They change the rules that apply to the it, engine. It's what they what they really are is designers and not engineers. 
There you go. Right. So Unreal Engine is the thing that runs a bunch of games. There are games that are not first-person shooters that run this engine because okay. it's a very versatile engine for just making a game with. Sure. And so now, apparently, Epic is claiming that Apple is threatening to ban any games running the Unreal Engine from their platform. So even game companies that are not Epic you mean Androids? games. Hmm? You mean Android? Sorry, uh, Apple. Apple, Apple okay. is threatening to ban Unreal Engine code, meaning right. any game company that is using this game's co- this code, even if they're not Epic because it's licensed by other game right. companies, could be thrown off of the Apple App Store if they get their way. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more. All for free at freetalklive.com.